Gear up as Katz Miller and his team of accomplished guests steer you on an enlightening voyage filled with valuable tips, fresh insights, and effective strategies. Welcome to Marketing Masters, the agency power show. Hello, everyone. My name is Cash Miller. I am the host of Marketing Masters, CEO of Titan Digital. Today, I've got with me Alex Onindia. He is with Distinction Agency. We're going to be talking influencer marketing. That's something like, you know, that's, of course, didn't really even exist, you know, a decade ago. But in the last few years, it's become really big because you have a lot of personalities, people have built up you know, large followings on different social media platforms and it's become big business. And it's also a great way for the right brands, right companies to really be able to, you know, reach that particular audience if it fits the demographic. Alex, it's great to have you on. Um, tell us a bit about yourself and your agency, what you do for people. Appreciate it, Cash. Excited to be here. And yeah, a little bit about uh, myself. I went to Florida State University and studied sports management and communications there. And, uh, you know, always had an interest uh, in the sports industry, but also, you know, marketing, PR. And it was an interesting time when I was in school about a decade ago. Um, social media was becoming uh, relevant and, you know, everybody was trying to figure out uh, what it was besides just connecting with your friends, right? The Facebook came initially just because, you know, you wanted to know your classmates and connect with people online, similar to like a MySpace. So it was interesting. My first few internships were with a couple different agencies um, and was learning a lot about social media and potential business applications and, you know, running accounts for some corporations that wanted to be active on Twitter or Facebook at the time. And Instagram was early and Found that to be really fascinating. Um, worked, you know, post-grad at agencies like Edelman. Also had a stint with the Miami Dolphins uh, communications department. And, and ultimately, you know, started Distinction in 2018 uh, when I was 26. Uh, I was very interested in working with athletes on branding, content, uh, marketing, social media, all of that. And was also really bullish on the, the creator economy and influencer marketing. Um so that's really how we structured our business from a talent perspective is we represent um, both athletes and influencers for marketing uh, and work with a variety of different brands, too. And, and really for us, like we try to, you know, find these these talent, these visionary creators, influencers, athletes that understand the power of, of building a brand and, you know, want to leverage social media to grow and and impact. So that's really how we've gotten started and, and up to this point. Yeah, well, like, you know, any, you know, sports athlete, you know, like, um, you know, big name personality there, of course, you know, some of the ultimate, you know, influencers, um, what was it, uh, you know, and this goes for like anybody that's in entertainment, which is what sports are and such, uh, what was it, the power of that they have can be ridiculous. Uh, what was it? Um, Taylor Swift. Yeah. She's, she's originally from Tennessee. She put out like one single, like Instagram post on um, like a day for like voting. It's, it wasn't voting going on, but it was a uh, national like recognized, you know, the power of votes and stuff. All she did was say, Hey, if you are not registered to vote, sign up mm -hmm. and put a link to like vote.org or something. And they had like 35,000 people in the single day sign up, you know, that yeah. were all, you know, people that follow her, you know, so it's like say influencer marketing in it. And if you don't know, uh, was it Mr. Beast? Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. That guy, uh, I mean, the dude's become a, you know, 
his brand's worth like a billion dollars. Now, these are extreme examples, of course, you know, like really extreme, but the guy's built up a huge following. And there is a ton of, um, you know, value, you know, that comes from, you know, working with influencers, you know, and, and you said you work with like, you know, sports, you know, people in, you know, professional sports and stuff, you know, like, let's start there a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, just like, what is it like from the standpoint, because you represent some of them, you help them build their followings and things. So what have you seen as being the power for even, you know, whether they're big or small, like, what are they bringing to the table? Yeah, no, it's a great question. And I think we've seen it evolve over time. Um, but really, athlete marketing has, has been going on for decades. If you look back to yeah. Air Jordan and the Wheaties box and all of that. Mm-hmm. But that was typically your Olympic gold medalist, your Michael Jordan, your Dan Marino. Like that was your kind of 1% of, of superstar. And, and Taylor Swift is a great example in music as well. Kind of that top year. Yeah what we've kind of seen over this last five, 10 years with social media is the ability for every athlete to really be an influencer. Um, You know, we had some data even early in the agency in 2019 that athletes were outperforming engagement of all other talent, um, including brands on Instagram by three X. And there's a lot of reasons for that, but I think, you know, athletes are relatable there's that level of fandom that comes with it, right? This guy plays my favorite team. So I'm going to follow him and engage with his posts. And you feel like you know him because you see him on the field every Mm -hmm. Sunday. So we've really kind of, you know, embraced that every athlete is a brand and and has an opportunity to, to work with brands, grow their, their social, have an impact and, you know, ultimately, you know, make a name for themselves and set themselves up for success during and after sports um, by building a brand. So it's, it's really interesting time for athletes. And I think the athletes who who understand content, fan engagement and promoting themselves can do so much. Um, There's a, a player on the Las Vegas Raiders, his name is Isaac Rochelle, and he's gone between the practice squad to the 53 man roster. And he's been cut numerous times. <laughs> I think if I'm not mistaken, he has the most TikTok followers of any NFL player, 1.9 <laughs> million followers. His girlfriend, Allison is even bigger. She's a mega TikTok influencer. And, huh. you know, he's built an, an enormous brand where people like my wife know Isaac and watch his TikToks daily um, but you know, the casual football fan might not. So there's tremendous opportunity for athletes to, to really, you know, build a following and, and capitalize on that, that presence of being a, a star. Did, um, and I don't know if you've had the chance to deal with them, but with college, you know, that landscape totally changed a couple of years ago. And now of course they go into the transfer port, uh, portal, they switch schools. And a lot of it is, based on the uh, ability for them to sign endorsement deals, you know, and build their following and because now they can monetize, you know, before, Mm -hmm. even if they built a following, they couldn't actually monetize it technically, you know, because they would, you know, run afoul of, uh, was it college, you know, college rules and stuff of what they can do. Uh, Have you had a chance to work with some of those types of people? And, you know, now that the landscape's changed? Yeah, we've worked with a variety of college athletes in in different sports, not just football and basketball, but some of the, 
you know, lesser known sports in college athletics as well. Um, gymnastics, track and field, women's soccer, and hmm. it's been great. Um, you know, these athletes all have a story. They connect really well with Gen Z. Um, there's a great opportunity as a brand to reach younger demographics and audiences through college athletes. Um, and it really makes an impact, you know, uh, and a college athlete being able to monetize and and make some money it has a huge impact on their daily life. You know, yeah, their their scholarship and their their room and board may be taken care of, you know, through their university. But, you know, these student athletes need money. And so yeah. the ability for them to monetize uh, is fantastic. It's great to see. I mean, there's so many athletes before that. You know, you would see their number on a jersey like I, I grew up in Florida and you saw, you know, thousands of number 15 University of Florida Gators jerseys, which you knew were Tim Tebow, but he didn't make any money on those jerseys. Yeah, sure. You know, that, that was wrong. So I, it's been great to see, you know, that that roll out as well. Yeah. I mean, you know, the thing is, is also because like you mentioned, you know, yeah, there's certain things covered for them, but um they are often so committed between studies and, mm -hmm. you know, being, you know, training and stuff, you know, if you're a football or baseball player, gymnastics, maybe you're practicing a lot, you know, and so you take the two together, there's no time for a job. There's no time to make, you know, extra money to pay for literally anything, you know, like you, you can't do it because you're just out of time. Yeah. And, and even if you could, you're exhausted. Yeah. So, you know, I can see the benefit like of they, you know, cause now, even if it's on only on a local scale, you know, scale that they build a following, you know, they're the, you know, the college quarterback, I've got middle Tennessee state, you know, mm -hmm. university. I think we beat Florida like, you know, last year or something like, <laughs> you know, it was, uh, but you know, that college is pretty large, but if you're really occupied, so you can, if you're the quarterback or another, you know, good player on the team, um, you know, you have a chance to leverage that even just locally to put some money in your pocket. And that can be a benefit to the business too. you know, those ones that you end up, you know, endorsing. So let's, so when you're, you know, if you're um, a business, you know, let's say that you need an influencer, yeah. what should you be looking for? What are the things, you know, that businesses, how do they capitalize on this, you know, to be able to get something, you know, from it? Yeah. And that, that's a lot of what we do as well is, is brand consulting. So we're not just representing talent, but also having these conversations with brands of where do we start with this? You know, what type of talent should we work with? Who's going to move the needle? And I, I think first and foremost, it comes down to what your goals are for working with an influencer or an athlete, you know, mm -hmm. is it sales? Okay, great. Then we can deploy a certain strategy and a certain type of creator is it quality content? Is it engagement, brand awareness, publicity? Like there's so many reasons to work with an influencer that honing in on what those key KPIs are are really critical before you suggest anybody. Um, yeah. You know, if, if we're looking to get a lot of great press about a partnership, well, we should partner with an athlete who's got a nonprofit helping the community and, and have that philanthropic angle. If we're looking to purely drive signups for an app or, you know, sales e-com, then we need somebody with really high engagement that mm -hmm. has converted in the past. So, you know, understanding that is a big piece and then understanding who purchases this product or service and, you know, what does that age bre breakdown look like? Uh, demos in terms of where they live, 
in the US or even internationally, like the targeting is key. And we really do encourage, you know, our brands to get very granular on like what they're looking for. Because it can be hard to just define success. Like if you just say, hey, I want to spend $5,000 on influencer marketing and make $10,000 and just expect it to happen. It's not. There's a lot of strategy that comes in. And that's where we really try to help. And, you know, we organize a lot of the back end insights for the talent we work with. Um, we like to look on the other side of the brand of who's purchasing this, where they're purchasing it, and then ultimately make those authentic partnerships come to life and, you know, see where see where it goes from there. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk money for a second, you mm -hmm. know, because I think a lot of people, you know, you when you're looking at some of these, you know, and of course, it's going to be really different based on the you know, the, the person you're trying to partner up with. So what kind of costs can be associated, you know, and, and kind of scale it. Okay. You know, so people have an idea if it was somebody more of a local nature and kind of like, what are you getting for that? So if you were to spend X, this is, you know, like say, if you were representing the business mm -hmm. and you were looking for the right influencers, you know, so if we were spending this, I'm looking to try to find people, you know, influencers that have, you know, X numbers. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it, it comes down to, you know, the size of the talent and then the deliverables. So what they're going to be giving you. But I think, you know, low budget, let's say low four figure budget. I think you can get, you know, a solid influencer or two, probably more of a, a local focus, um, maybe 50,000 followers, something like that on a platform to create some content, do a post, maybe a TikTok and Instagram reel a story. That's kind of the starting point. And I think when you talk college athletes, NIL, micro influencers, that's where we kind of see the market at. Um, but then you scale really high, really quickly, depending on um, who you're looking to work with. And a lot of times it does come down to how much content are they producing? Um, what do those usage rights look like? How many mm -hmm. posts per platform? Uh, is the talent exclusive to your brand in that category? We deal with a lot of that with athletes. So they might have an exclusive beverage partner, an exclusive apparel partner, shoe partner. Yeah. Like, all of that matters. And there's also a premium attached to that for that exclusivity. Um, and then there's a lot of other categories where exclusivity might not matter at all. You know, and it's just like, you know, we did something recently with a financial investment platform that partnered with influencers. And, you know, number one, they don't need them exclusive. But number two, it was just kind of an education piece. It wasn't like, hey, this is my official investment platform. Mm -hmm. It was like, no, this is what this company does. And this is why you should use it. So it really does vary. And it's one of the toughest questions we get when we're talking to brands is, pricing because it it's so dependent on the deliverables and the talent you're working with yeah so you can do it for like less money essentially but you're gonna have to ask for less you know if you're if you're looking to get a certain number of posts each week or something if, you, if you're getting a once a month or a couple of times a month shout out yeah you know, that's one thing but if you're like looking for you know something that is is more exclusive like you mentioned and definitely more intense or maybe it's public appearances or anything like that. it's going to be a different story for sure and i think when you talk social media specifically sometimes it's really great to you know reference even like tv advertising in the sense of working with a micro influencer is the equivalent of buying a paid ad on a local channel 
and mm-hmm. working with one of the biggest influencers is buying an ad on ABC Sunday night. You know, it's gotcha. just a totally different kind of category, but both strategies can be very effective. And a lot of times it just depends who is the company, what's the message you're trying to get out there and, and mm-hmm. what are your goals? Well, you, you mentioned like major and micro influencers. So yeah, what do you see as can be a little bit more effective? And I know it's going to be depending on the brand and, you know, who they're trying to partner with. But, you know, what strategies do you typically pursue? Because if you're going for micro, that's going to be a smaller audience. So are you going to go for like potentially more partnerships you know, yeah. in the area and versus, you know, putting all your money into, you know, one barrel and saying, hey, this is the, you know, I'm yeah. going to go somebody large. Yeah, so it, it depends on the brand. What I would say is micro partnerships, you need to be focused on volume, meaning more. If you're going to work with micro influencers, you want to work with a lot of them and you want to be focused on content, you know, number of posts, like making sure you're getting that frequency. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really great for a small business, startup, even midsize. Like we've had companies come to us and their entire photo shoot budget where they used to contract models and have to fly out on location, they've been able to get rid of that entire thing just by Mm -hmm. using micro influencers. And they have, you know, 20 micro influencers this quarter, all taking 15, 20 shots for them, a few videos, all in different locations. So like that frequency of content plus the frequency of posts can be a real benefit. Um, the bigger names, I think typically you will see with the bigger brands and and they're the ones that are going to move the needle more in terms of, you know, not only engagement and number of click throughs, website visits, but also just that cachet of, hey, that face could be in retail ads, that face could be in TV ads, that mm. person is recognizable to so many people that they could be on the packaging of this product. So the goals are different. And again, like, you know, we've worked with brands like Adidas where they want big names and they want a face and they want, you know, somebody to be the face of women's basketball and the face of football and this and that. Then you have those other small medium brands that are like, we just need a lot of great content and a lot of creators. And that's where a micro influencer approach is much more effective. Hmm. Yeah. The, um, we work some in the archery space, um, you know, with stores and things and, a lot of times with the, um, in that area, if you ever go to like a convention, you see all these people walking around that are pros. Yeah. And those, so those are your athletes and you can, and they all wear these, uh, like jumpsuits type deals, you know, and you can see all the logos and you can see who's probably their bigger sponsors. Just looking at them. You can see who's probably major and micro based on the numbers, you know, that are on there. But a lot of, um, one of the strategies that the, uh, like manufacturers and stuff will use is they will sponsor a number of like people. Cause often some of the pros, um, own their own stores and things, but what they will do is they'll, they will sponsor a number of people to be, um, essentially influencers, you know, cause they've got their own followings and they're going to vary in size and you're going to, and they're going to want to look at that and see how many people, but they'll go for the, the mass strategy of if I get, and they'll give them a lot of them, they don't even have to pay. So one of the things to consider on like micro influencers, but they do give them free stuff. They do give them high end equipment and things yeah. like that, that are worth a lot of money. So you're still, you know, no matter what it's going to cost you, it's a, you know, it's, it's all about who you're, you know, going with. So they'll have, a smaller pool of better talent, you know, larger, more serious, you know, 
compete at all the events type people. And that, that pool will have often, um, like 10 or 15 people in it. You know, there might be a couple of like, you know, in that space, what would be considered superstars that everybody knows. Yeah. And then you're going to, so they almost like kind of tier it. Like here's a couple of really high end. Here's some more middle. These are serious. Some of them up and coming, you know, archers, things like that. And then you have, here's a, a much bigger pool on the bottom because mm-hmm. of how much reach they have, their social media and everything. And just collectively they add up and they're not that expensive. Most of them are doing it like they've built their own following. Maybe they're doing some YouTube stuff, whatever, but they, um, you know, they want the free stuff. Yeah. yeah. But you know, like I say a really good high end crossbow can, you know, be, you know, 500 or more dollars, you know, even higher than that. Um, so that's, you know, one of the things that they'll do in that particular industry. So I say you can, you know, there are a few ways to go about it. Definitely. And the more high ticket the item is, the easier it is to get the influencer to do it for gifting. Mm-hmm. Like we've seen that with furniture and, um, you know, car leases with athletes. Like the, the higher the ticket, the item, the more willing they are to do things in kind. And also yeah. as an agency, the harder it is to to get the brand to put investment in because they're saying, hey, we're sending you this expensive couch or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But like I say, but there are other there are other ways around it. And um, especially, let's like say, if you go back to college sports, you can now do that and you know, <laughs> not, not have people getting in a bunch of trouble because you just gave them a car, you know, because yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've seen that for years and here heard all the stories right oh yeah uh, that's been done for a long time <laughs> yeah uh you know so let's flip the the script a little bit and let's talk about on the influencer side mm-hmm. i mean you know it's it's work building up a following it's work you know and i do wonder in the case of like um especially college athletes or other like similar personalities where eventually the career can fade a little bit. So how long can some of these partnerships like last on, especially when we're talking micro, Mm -hmm. yeah, because they build up an audience, but you know, if they can't monetize it too well, you know, like how, how long does it last for some of these things? You know, it's, it, it really is case by case, but one thing I think we see often with, with influencers and I think, in particularly the non-athletes they're coming to us they've made they've built an audience they they have some traction they've made a little bit of money they want to go full-time they want to go to the next level like that is the influencer we're usually talking to and and candidly interested in we're not typically (laughs) building somebody up from scratch yeah it's like okay I'm making a few thousand dollars a month on, on sponsored videos, this on this. And how do I make this full time? How do I leave my nine to five and be a creator? And so for us, it's, it's not just the frequency of, of brand deals and getting them paid, but it's also, okay. Have you thought about launching a podcast? Are you streaming? Have you gone Mm -hmm. into YouTube? Like really trying to build out as many arms as possible so we have more assets to sell these brands and that that brand that was paying you $3,000 for Instagram posts. Now maybe we'll pay you $9,000 because you have a podcast and YouTube and all these different things. So that's really where we kind of try to get to with our influencers. And I think going back to your initial question about athletes and like leaving the shine a little bit, yeah, it's really important to be building 
that audience and fandom outside of your team or league so that when you're done, mm-hmm. you have those fans and you can make that quick adjustment. And, you know, we'll talk to athletes, you know, if, if they love beauty and skincare, well, while you're playing in the Olympics, like highlight your, your beauty routine, your skincare, so that you're getting these yeah. fans that aren't just following you to see that hundred meter dash, but also so much more to it. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. You got to, you know, with an influencer, yeah, you got to let them into your life a little bit so that you can, you know, grow them beyond the fact that they're a fan of that particular sport. Because, you know, if you're, you know, or that team or what, you know, because if you're not doing it long term, you know, like I say, college sports is the thing because how many people actually go on to the NFL or NBA or anything like that, you know, it falls off dramatically. So if you want to be able to capitalize on it, after you're going to have to have it a bit more diverse so you've got to get into things you know that that makes sense you know mm-hmm. you know from their standpoint definitely yeah you know, you know so when we're like measuring metrics okay mm-hmm. you know how do you determine if a campaign or a partnership really is successful you know from the business standpoint you know like i say how do they know it's a win yeah. No, it's a great question. And, and sometimes it goes back to those KPIs that I talked about earlier in the episode where like, what is the goal going in and then visiting towards the end and saying, did, did we reach that? But, you know, we'll, we'll use a few different tools, whether it's, you know, media monitoring, things like Hootsuite, um, you know, also a lot of the in-platform tools are really helpful now, just like looking at the insights from Instagram or TikTok or, mm-hmm. or even Twitter like tracking all of that so we can say, hey, we've got this many impressions, this many shares, this many likes, this many comments, and aggregating that engagement rate and, and weighing it against industry standard across the different platforms. Then looking at website data, was there any spikes on the days the influencer or athlete sure. posted? Um, press is another one, especially with athletes. Like did we have a lot of PR come from this? We we were involved in a, a viral campaign last year with an NFL player for the New York Giants where, you know, his part, he tweeted about a partnership and it got posted in the New York Post and CBS Sports and Fox News and Pat McAfee mm. show. And so that was a huge element that I couldn't have forecasted going in, but was a huge value add to ultimately say, yeah, this, this was successful and there was ROI. So there's a lot of tools we can measure. Um, and then the other thing we really strive for is to produce quality content. Going back to like my point about, you know, these are content creators making sure we're delivering good content that you can run in your paid ads. You can put on your website. You can highlight in your email newsletter. Like there's value in that. And, and so that's the other thing outside of just all the analytics and the numbers and sales. It's like, if we delivered great content, like that's something I think we can be proud of too, that hits the brand messaging, the tone and and something that can live on for them as well. Yeah. So let me ask you about that. So is it typical that the businesses or the agencies that, you know, handle the relationship, um, provide the content, you know, for them? No, Uh, typically we're creating the content uh, Twitter or X, I should say, is the enigma in that a lot of the times we're the copies given to us or we draft it and just shoot it out. But when it comes to anything like uh, photo for like Instagram or short long form mm-hmm. video, TikTok, YouTube, 
these are content creators, even the athletes. Like we, we really strive to work with quality content creators. A lot of the time we're using professional videographers. Like there is a premium on the, the quality of the content we're trying to provide. We've certainly had some UGC campaigns where the brand just wants it to feel really raw and authentic and it's quickly done on the phone. And, you know, especially during the pandemic, we were doing a lot of that, but we want to provide great content that, you know, lives on. And I think that is a huge ad for a brand because we have brands right now, you know, running a lot of our, our athletes content in their ads and they see more success on those ads. Um, than just a standard stock or, or product image. Yeah. How do you make sure that the partnerships that the, uh, the influencer is holding up their end? Because if you're working with, you know, say you're working with, you know, half a dozen micro influencers or something and they have to do their part, they got to put out this content, you know, how do you make sure that they do what they've, they've promised to do? And also how do you kind of like regulate it? Cause we know with influencers, there's been some, negative stuff that has happened i guess you know over the last you know like say not necessarily like yes the brands have made some bad choices maybe of who they've partnered with uh but also um if the the influencer does something that can you know bring backlash and if you're a sponsor you're one of those brands how do you handle that yeah it's it's something everyone thinks about and you know our our contracts and the contracts we get from brands at this point are really tight on making sure, you know, that there's rounds of approvals. Um, a lot of times, you know, to hold an influencer doing everything, they'll get part of the money up front and part upon completion. There's morals clauses in a lot of these athlete deals. Like there's a lot of different kind of checks and balances to make sure things go smoothly you never know, right? Like life happens and, and things can go wrong. Um, and typically if, if a talent's in the news for the wrong reasons, you know, uh, off the field an arrest or, or something of that nature, you know, you see the sponsors drop and it's because they have that right in the contract. So we're very particular about making sure it's all in writing and that everyone kind of knows, Hey, these are the terms because even as an agency, we're, we're doing a lot and, and we're working with a lot of brands and a lot of talent. And I need to be able to quickly go back to that agreement and make sure that, yeah, he, he did what he said he did. Or yeah. this, this marketing manager from this brand is, is being unreasonable. And we didn't promise this, like having it all in writing is crucial. Yeah. That's, that is a, a big thing. You know, you got to make sure that everything, um, you know, they say you got to be careful basically yep. with this kind of stuff, you know, but I mean, most of the, you know, most such relationships don't have, you know, that kind of thing happen, but it can, you know, once in a while, you know, um, especially, you know, always, always remember that if you're partnering with people like in college and, you know, like younger people in generally, yeah, they, they don't have as much like real world experience, so they can make mistakes. Yeah. And you have to be, yeah, you have to be, you know, recognize that that, you know, that can happen. So, yes, make sure your contracts are definitely tightened up. Uh, hey, this has been a great uh, conversation, Alex. You know, if people want to do, you know, consider doing, you know, working with influencers and things, how would they get a hold of you since you this is what you do? 
Yeah, no, I, I appreciate that. Our, our website is distinctionagency.com. Um, all of our social handles as well as at distinction agency. Um, and then my email is alex at distinctionagency.com. I uh, would love to connect with as many people as possible. And, you know, even if it's just brainstorm or give ideas, like I love talking about, you know, all things uh, influencer and athlete marketing. Yeah. Well, this has been another great show. My name's Cash Miller. I'm the host of Marketing Masters. CEO of Titan Digital. We've been talking influencer marketing. This has been really good, you know, from both the perspective of how businesses can make use of it, but also, you know, the other side of the coin, you know, because influencers, you know, what to look for, they've got their followings. And, you know, said just like, you know, you're looking for something, they are as well, you know, but it is a good avenue to go with. And there are a lot of people and you don't have to think that all influencers about partnering with, you know, these massive names. There's a lot of things that can be done for um, a reasonable cost on a local level. And, you know, say it's just your willingness to see, you know, who's out there and who would want to partner up. So thank you for tuning in. We'll see you on the next episode. Thank you for tuning in to Marketing Masters, the agency power show. This show is produced by Titan Media Works and is a part of the Small Business Delivered Podcast Network. Check out smallbusinessdelivered.com for more info about upcoming shows, hosts, programs, and how you can start your very own podcast.